lovely friends. Welcome back to Get Unbothered. I'm Margaret, and today I am joined by a very special guest all the way from the UK. Would you like to introduce yourself, Destiny? Yes, I would. Hi, guys. My name's Destiny, and I'm the host for the podcast Destiny's Connect. You know, you can find me on all podcast platforms and also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I'm very excited to be here today and, you know, speaking to you guys. Yay, we're so glad to have you. Um, Destiny and I actually connected on Instagram because we sort of share the same, like, kind of content that's just supposed to be uplifting and, and happy and refreshing and helpful to people. So I was very happy that um, she agreed to do this episode with me. And I'm actually going to be doing an episode with her later over on her podcast as well. So definitely go check it out. She talks about some really interesting stuff. And she also studies really cool things. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling her, I'm very impressed. I don't think in high school, we even got to like, focus on the little niche areas that you're getting to focus on we just sort of had to study what the government told Mm -hmm. us to study (laughs) I think it's kind of like a preparation before going into uni okay okay like the the English um, education system is quite different like you know compared to other places so I'm sure like the US system is like different to other countries but the UK decided to do something different for some weird reason well different is not bad different can be very good so do you like do you like your system do you feel like it's prepared you adequately I feel so I feel like it's nice to have this two-year period where you're trying things out and to see because I can still always change my mind and decide oh I want to have a different degree I want to do study a different subject in uni So I think it is nice. Okay. Yeah, I definitely wish we had that because I think when I got to school, um, to college, I should say, from high school, there was no in-between period to prepare us for the the classes we wanted to take. Um, You were supposed to sort of figure all that out while you were still a high school student, which I think is a lot of pressure for people that young to figure out. And also, I know for me in high school and early college, like, I was, like, struggling a lot with personal issues that weren't even related to academics, which made academics that much harder to pursue. Because segueing into this topic, (laughs) when I was actually in school, I struggled a lot with, like, body image and Mm self-esteem. Destiny, did you did you struggle when you were younger as well or do you still struggle? I think I definitely did struggle a lot more when I was younger. Um, I still do struggle is from time to time now, but I think it's not as bad as it was when I was younger because I think in terms of education about different bodies and how beauty has come, I think it's kind of elevated in a way. And so I've come to the idea to understand that beauty comes in so many different ways. And we're all beautiful in our own ways. I totally agree with that. That is a really beautiful way to put it. Um, Definitely, as I've gotten older, I have really also started to appreciate that beauty comes in multiple um, shapes, sizes, forms, etc. And trying to conform to just one measure of beauty is unrealistic. Um, a very like 
black and white mindset towards beauty. I don't know about you, but I feel like beauty standards in the U.S. and the U.K. are probably pretty similar. Like in the U.S. at least, um, when I was growing up and when I was probably like between the ages of 12 and say like 17, 18, um, the beauty standard was very much like you want to have blonde hair, blue eyes, be very thin, but still have like a large chest. And um, I don't know if the whole big butt trend had really caught on at that point. Um, I think that was, yeah, I think it is a similar beauty standard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, it's funny though, in different cultures, it's like different standards, but like all around there's this, I like what you described is true yeah and I blame um I blame Hollywood a lot for that because I do know a lot of world consumes American media and so Mm -hmm. our weird warped ideas get spread all over the place um but even when I was like in Asia and stuff it was really sad to see that you know their beauty standard was still so heavily influenced by ours like Mm -hmm everyone aspired to be really thin um being overweight whatsoever like really frowned upon um even having curves like it was very difficult to find clothing that fit me when I was over there yeah um at least in the U.S. I could find my size (laughs) in in Japan it was a bit harder and also it really saddened me that people bleached their skin to make it whiter yeah um and that's like so ironic to me because um even in the U.S. like even though I guess white for some reason is the beauty standard Mm -hmm. um white people still try to tan to look darker yeah so it's it's all very confusing and it won't I think I just realized none of this makes any sense so why am I stressing yeah I think I agree with that note too because like for me um I'm black and so growing up, it was always seen as like, if you're lighter or like fair and skin wise, you're a lot more beautiful. But if you're dark, it's darker skin, you're, you're uglier, you're more aggressive. And it's just, it's crazy to see, you know, on the opposite end where, when, you know, I know with my white friends, they want to be golden brown. It's just, it's weird to see it vary. It really doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't. And I mean, I guess the only way I could see it making sense is people usually try to emulate what they're not, what they can't have. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why people try to um, change how they look to sort of, you know, mimic or copy something that they find beautiful or something that they think they should be. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just really unfortunate and really like sad that people who have darker skin tones are viewed negatively and people who have lighter skin tones are viewed more positively but then people are still trying to change themselves and it's just it's just really not fair yeah and I don't know if you've seen this video because I think this video like was popular in the U.S. I guess it could have gone viral elsewhere and it's it's also fairly old Mm -hmm. but I think it was like addressing how racism is learned and it was like a psychologist interviewing a child 
and showing the child different pictures. And the only difference really between the images were the color of the, the little um, faces skin that the boy like had to point to. And she was like, mm-hmm. who's the smart one? And basically he attributed all the positive characters to the lighter skin toned character yeah. and the negative traits to the darker skin tone. And when asked why, his reasoning was actually because this person is lighter and this person is darker. Oh, wow. And he was like four or five years old. That's crazy. I haven't seen that video, but I think it's really horrible with how society has labeled certain things. And so with society, they teach ch- children as young as being four to adopt those ideas. It Yeah, it really baffles me. And honestly, like I grew up, in the American South, which the infamous American South. <laughs> so where <laughs> I'm from is inherently just full of racism and like just this horrible history of violence against Black people and um, Native American people and really anyone who's not a white middle class Christian. <laughs> so Growing up, I mean, I would be lying if I said that I didn't have some of those ideas in my brain, too, at a young age, because I was sent to a Christian school that fed me those ideas. My church Mm -hmm. fed me those ideas. Pretty much everyone major in my life fed me those ideas, and not necessarily overtly, too. It It wasn't like people were saying, we're better than people of other races, but it was just this implied subliminal messaging I would say Um, and it really took like reaching a certain age like I think once I started hitting like 14 15 those ideas began to make me uncomfortable and then the older I got the more I just sort of opened my eyes to like just because you grew up believing something doesn't mean it's true yeah and b just because you grew up believing something doesn't mean it's too late to change your ideas and sort of restructure your thought patterns. So not only did I like have to relearn and educate myself on racism in addition to body positivity, but also in regards to religion, pretty much everything you can think of, every controversial topic you can think of me and like my close friends, like we were just kind of like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah. We have to fix this. Um, but it's, it's really sad because I still see so many people who are sort of stuck in that thinking, but I think it's really good to hear from your perspective because I don't know, I, how would you, how would you describe racism in the UK? I know it still exists. I think people (laughs) think that it, racism is really only still in America, but it's a worldwide thing for sure. Um, and I know this was supposed to be a body positivity thing, but I feel like body positivity and racism sort of go hand in hand because everyone deserves to feel confident in their own skin. Like, yeah. And I think you really can't address body positivity without addressing racism, colorism, sexism, because I, it's, it's so hard to achieve body positivity, I think, without addressing those underlying factors first. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll say in the UK, I I think a lot of people really don't it's because it's not blatant it is blatant but it's not as you know horrible where we always constantly see like police brutality and, th- and different things it's 
the thing where racism is such a deep-rooted issue where you can try and explain it to people but people still don't want to understand mm-hmm. and it's like it's like people are so afraid of being labeled as racist or having racist views and I think as soon as people realize and are more open-minded and understand that they're not knowledgeable in every single situation and it's you can be a racist without having such malicious intent towards people from ethnic minorities it can be the way you were brought up and I understand you know not everybody has the privilege to be brought up in a in a household that is educated on these things but it's just really annoying because especially what happened with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry it was blatant there and it really showcased how even the in the royal family racism is there but people just didn't want to accept it at all and they took it as such outrage and it was like this is a cry out for help you know oh for sure and I will actually say like I have been following the whole Harry and Meghan situation and I think it's honestly like it's it's mind-blowing to me that this is still happening today but it's also like you know I'm obviously a white person so you know I think for me it was shocking to realize that stuff like this still went on. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I definitely see your perspective where it's like frustrating because it's been something that you've had to deal with your whole life. And people are only now just like sort of starting to realize and starting to try and do better. And that's only some people like a lot of yeah. people are still continuing along in the same um, in the same path that they've been on this entire time where they just are sort of blind to everything that's happening in the world because it doesn't affect them personally. Yeah. And I obviously, I am not the most educated on race. I fully am sure I still have, you know, some racist views inside me that I would like to get rid of. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I say anything that is racist, feel free to, to acknowledge it or correct it or bring it up because obviously your your voice and your opinion matters significantly more yeah than mine <laughs> um but i think what you said about it being more covert in the uk like makes a lot of sense because and and i think the fact that it's covert might also contribute to why people aren't addressing it more because yeah anyone who's not affected by it can just easily sort of sweep it under the rug and not think about it once they get home at night yeah whereas in the u.s it's all over the media it's police brutality this another person killed that like it just goes on and on and on and there's always outrage there's always riots there's always protests but then it feels like nothing ever changes which is Mm -hmm. it must be so exhausting for people of color here like i i cannot even begin to imagine like it it hurts my heart for them because I've seen I've seen so many times like the whole the whole George Floyd thing like I feel like that guy should just be on death row at this point but we're still battling it out we're still trying to defend this guy who murdered an innocent person so just because of the color of his skin um but it's it's hard and I could see how that would really affect one's self-esteem because I know like for any of the people in my area at least I can't speak for the entire U.S. but 
I'm sure a lot of people had to deal with so much racism and so much like violence and just like passive, passive aggressive, passive aggression, I guess is how you'd say that. Like, um, microaggression, microaggressions. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's still morning. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the <laughs> word. microaggressions. And would you want to explain microaggressions just in case people listening don't know what that means? How do I define it? Well, microaggressions are like, in a way, like it can be like passive terms or how, how can I give an example? It's hard to explain. Um, like, for example, calling, having, some people have this view of saying, I'm going to use it for a perspective of like a black girl or like a black woman, that black women are like stronger mm-hmm. in a way and where white women compared to them are seen as like oh they need more help but I think it's this complexity of realizing that they're still black women are still human beings they yes they are quite strong but they still struggle with certain things or it can even simply be with hairstyles you know with having your a black woman having their natural hair out afro out that's seeming unprofessional like till today if you type up on google unprofessional hairstyles what comes up is black women's natural. I have hair. seen that, and that is appalling to me because one, it's your natural <laughs> hair. Like, how is that unprofessional? How is it unprofessional to just exist who you are as a person? <laughs> it's crazy, to be honest. And then people will still come out and say that no, that's not racist. It's just like it's okay to be a racist. No, no, it's not okay. But I mean, as in. I feel like people need to be more open in the way and understand that what you learned in life may actually be wrong. And that's okay. As long as you try and take the stance to um, do better and to learn and to change those standpoints and to change those views. For sure. For sure. I completely agree with that. And I know um, I, I, I can't, you know, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm obviously not a black woman, but I can imagine that many black women probably feel in order to be taken seriously in the workforce or to be viewed as beautiful because beauty does, it has been shown beauty does get you ahead in work. Um, For women, especially Mm -hmm. like being conventionally attractive is like, I think correlated to getting promotions, getting better pay, et cetera, more opportunities, which is messed up. It should just be on job, but you know, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that, especially for black women, like there must be, is, would you say there's pressure to like relax your hair and sort of conform to more like white beauty standards, like with the, with relaxing your natural hair or wearing it in a way that is more, I guess, white conforming? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, Just in general with like in school and how hairstyles are controlled in a way or even growing up, it took me a long while for me to accept my own natural hair. Um, I felt like I always had to have my hair done or some sort because on so or some sort because you know people would make fun of children of my hair or like other girls who had their natural hair out and I think it's just 
in watching TV and in the connotations and with characters and what's deemed as nice hair, which is long, straight hair. And unfortunately, not many people can have long, straight hair. You know, I think societies become so obsessed with like length of hair and not understanding that, you know, a lot of people, when they want to have insults against girls, black girls, they say, oh, you're bald, you have no hair. But the truth is, black girls' hair and black women's hair are, is more dense than other hair types. So it's, I think it's conforming and learn educating people about the beauties of different hair. Definitely. There's obviously more than one hairstyle besides long and straight and... I've also, like, seen, um, I've seen women in my life express similar, um, similar difficulties that you have, like, being made fun of for their natural hair, or people just touching their natural hair without asking, like, that idea is so weird to me, like, as, as a human being, I can't imagine someone just coming up and, like, running their fingers through my hair, but apparently that's something that black women have to deal with all the time. And probably black men, too. Um, Yes, it is. Anyone who has natural hair probably deals with unwanted hands, like, being like, oh, my gosh, like, whoa, it's so different. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, so I'm I'm very sorry that you had to, like, endure people making fun of your hair, which I'm I'm sure is very beautiful. how how did you how did you Thank overcome you. that? How did you like find confidence in your natural hair? I think it all started with like me realizing the difference in beauty. Just in general with like with TV and seeing different people, people who I saw as so beautiful, but because they were listening to other people and seeking for others' validations, they didn't realize their own beauty. And I think also for me as well, because growing up in a predominantly white area, all my friends, you know, were white. I didn't necessarily have people who were around my age who were black like me. And so I tried to meet to the girls around me, like beauty standards. And I realized that will never be possible because we're all different. And looking at myself and being content with myself and saying, actually, I am quite beautiful inside and outside and my hair is my hair it's make it makes me who I am that's what makes me unique and when you finally realize what makes you unique is beautiful and that's your power of being different and not looking at like other people I think that's what really helped me to realize my I think that is such a, a beautiful perspective because we are all so unique. Even people who are in the same race or the same um, ethnicity, like there are differences between everyone. No, unless you have an identical twin, but mm-hmm. there's probably even some differences there. So I think being able to embrace what makes us who we are is such an incredible and such a crucial part of generating like self-love and and feeling positive and feeling content with who we are and I'm also going to ask you how do you think like photoshop and beauty filters and image editing like can warp young people's view of their body image like especially especially you know from from your standpoint in the UK yeah 
I think it can it can be a really bad thing in a way because there's some filters that I come across and I see and I'm like this really completely changes you know people's facial features you can people can really get away with editing their bodies and their face to a complete utter different way and I think there's nothing wrong with no one with someone choosing to edit their photos or to do anything but I think it makes me sad for people who are young and people who don't understand yet the balance and what is okay and what and what isn't okay I think it does affect people but I think in the same way people are allowed to choose to edit their photos the way they want to but I think just educating people and letting people know that look there's a difference between a filter that you know changes the way like the lighting looks from something that changes the way your nose looks your whole body yeah definitely I I think back when I first started social media it was like you had the Instagram filters and they were just I think there were like probably six to 12 of them and it was so obvious it was a filter and it just it just changed Mm -hmm. the lighting effects like you said um and you could tell it was obviously a filter like no question about it but -hmm. today filters have gotten so much more advanced and they do change your facial structure like and they make your face look, I guess, in a way, like the ideal beauty standard. Because at least when I've experimented with filters, I've seen that it makes me, A, lighter, if that's even possible. Because I'm very pale already. I burn <laughs> anytime I go outside. And two, it also, like, alters the shape of my nose. It makes my nose smaller and, like, narrower. And it gives me fuller Mm -hmm. lips. I have pretty thin lips. And it gives me huge eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I think it's just, it's so sad that the, the make your skin lighter and make, just completely rearrange your bone structure because that just sort of, imply that this is what you need to look like in order to be beautiful you need this filter or you need to look like this through plastic surgery mm. and I think that can be really damaging I think I think it, it can be really damaging but I just want to put a quick disclaimer we're not saying that no one can use a filter or anything but I think if you're a certain age and you feel like you want to use that you are allowed to use that it's just you know there's some ones where that are like really it really completely changes your whole face because it's I think filters is kind of like the argument with makeup in a way with how people look down on other people who wear makeup but it's like if you're doing it for your own it's like an art a way to express yourself a way to enhance your beauty then I think it's fine oh for sure because I people give people give women so much hate for wearing makeup and saying that they're being deceitful. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I've heard tons of guys especially complain about a girl who wears too much makeup. And I'm like, one, how do you define Mm -hmm. too much? Like, where do you draw that line? And two, um, it's her face. Let her do whatever she wants with it. Like, this is how she expresses herself. And so I'm in complete agreement. If you want to use a filter because you either a haven't done your makeup or b you just think they're fun or whatever reason that's totally fine yeah but I think 
I think the issue with filters and with makeup is when we start believing that we need them to be beautiful. Yeah. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that your confidence comes from the filter or comes from the makeup. Like you should, you should want to do a filter or do your makeup because it's enjoyable for you and it's how you express yourself, not because you think you need it to be beautiful and to be valid in the world. Yeah. I agree for sure. I think for definite, it's like when it comes and it crosses that line to the point where you feel like you can't leave the house without wearing makeup or you can't take a picture without having that filter, that's where there's a problem there. Right, right. And I and I know in my past, for sure, I've struggled with feeling just super insecure in myself. Um, I've never worn a ton of makeup just because... I'm not very good at applying it. (laughs) So I have to sort of go the more like natural light makeup route just because if I try to do, I've I've tried to Mm -hmm. do the YouTube tutorials and stuff because, because they're fun. I think it's, I think it's cool to be able to transform Mm -hmm. your face like that, but I'm just not very like good with getting one eye to look at the other. So I sort of gave up on that. Um, But there was a point in my life where I felt like since I couldn't do that, since I couldn't have the full glam makeup look, that I wasn't as pretty as other girls or that I um, somehow like had less value. And also like with my, with my, just my yeah. body image too, not even just my face, but um, when I, when I was growing up, like I said, being super thin was sort of the ideal. And I've always had more of like a fuller figure so I always struggled with mm-hmm. feeling like fat and I, I basically just fat shamed myself all the time. Um, never had like mm-hmm. a full blown eating disorder or anything like that. Thank goodness. But I did have body dysmorphia for a while. And like, I did have yeah. a few um, disordered eating patterns where like when I was younger, I would do crash diets and try and exercise a ton, but it always just left me feeling like really defeated and empty. And I would just give up and eat McDonald's or whatever. Um, (laughs) Have you, have you ever struggled with any issues, any like feelings of self-confidence regarding your body too? Yeah. First of all, I want to say, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but I think for sure I have. Sometimes I still do. I think with social media, it makes it a lot harder in general. And with this whole continuously seeing people with makeup on, continuous people who are fitting the beauty standards that everybody says is beautiful. And sometimes you fall into it, looking at people on social media and saying, why don't I look this way? Why, why, why am I different in this way? And I even I found myself around coming up to because it's coming up to summertime I was like you need to get in shape you know this is a time where you know you're going to be wearing a lot more tight fitting clothes because you can't just wear an oversized hoodie and call it a day and one thing that I realized was I heard I can't remember where I heard it from but someone said to me you know a bikini was not made to fit your body wait sorry your body was not made to fit a bikini. A bikini was made to fit your body. There's no such thing as a bikini body in general. And I think if you have the idea of saying that makeup was not made, you know, your face was not made to always have makeup on it. 
you are allowed to choose whether or not you want to have makeup on you are allowed to choose and i think it's people realizing that you have a choice and there's a reason why you have that choice because both ways if you have makeup on you're beautiful if you don't have makeup on you're beautiful if you don't look a certain side you're fine you're still beautiful just the way you are yes i agree with that so much i i love that saying um that your body was not made to fit a bikini a bikini was made to fit your body because it's true and also I don't know if you've heard this saying but everybody is a beach body or everybody is beach body ready or whatever whatever it is um you don't have to look a certain way to put a swimsuit on and enjoy going to the beach or enjoy going to the pool like you're not there to be eye candy for everybody else (laughs) Um, just wear whatever makes you comfortable and have fun um it makes me so sad that there are people out there who are so self-conscious that even though they would enjoy going to the beach or the pool, they don't because they're afraid of what people might say or think of them. Yeah. I think it's honestly horrible. And, and I've, I've definitely, I've definitely had moments where I've put a swim on and, and thought to myself, like, you can't go out looking like this. Um, But those thoughts were just completely, completely coming from a place of just low self-esteem and low self-worth and we also have to remember that the entire beauty industry while there are there are some companies out there who do promote body positivity and who are size inclusive and who do showcase women of all colors sizes and ability um for the the vast majority of beauty companies do profit off of our insecurities because oh you feel a certain way buy this diet plan buy this diet pill buy this lightning cream Mm -hmm. or this hair relaxer and you'll fit in and you'll be beautiful and it's a billion dollar industry and we have to remember that a lot of our insecurities are just kind of buying into what the media is telling us so that they can make money (laughs) yeah it's also quite funny because I feel like the beauty standard does change and I, th- I remember before, like, the whole Kim Kardashian and things like that, it was it was to be skinny and not to have a big butt and not to have big boobs. That was what was the beauty standard. Even watching TV shows set in back in those days, it was, like, um, girls were saying, oh, my butt looks too big. But now it's, like, having a big butt, having, you know, big boobs, that's what the beauty standard is. And I think it's, it's like, t- letting people know that it changes every single time. So... Are you going to be changing your, your body every single time the beauty standard change, changes? You can't do that. No, you really can't unless you're like the Kardashians and you just have endless money to have all these surgeries and procedures done. And I'm not shaming anyone who does choose to have um, a procedure or plastic surgery or whatever. Like we all have the right to do <laughs> what we want with our bodies. Um, but it's it's also just important to remember to be realistic about it and and accept that even yeah. if you do have a surgery because you you say you want fuller lips like go go get a lip filler it's fine no no one should criticize you for that mm-hmm. but try to make sure that you love yourself and you love how you look before you get the lip filler because just from doing readings and and studying and stuff a lot of people think that they'll be confident in themselves after the surgery 
and then they find another thing to dislike about themselves mm-hmm. and so confidence further and further from achieving because they think they'll get it with a new procedure and so they'll go back for three four or five procedures and they might feel like they might feel a rush they might feel good about themselves in the short term but it's not sustainable in the long term if you don't mm-hmm. do the work to truly love yourself as you are yeah I think in general it's making sure that if you are choosing to do a surgical procedure or whatever you're trying to do to alter your body make sure you're doing it for the right reasons I think if it's something that's really detrimental and something that's really going to change and really alter your body if if it's making you happy that's perfectly fine how do you think like we can help promote body positivity in our lives like what what do you think are things that people can do in general to help everyone sort of feel good about themselves and confident I think the biggest thing is your mindset um making sure to look at yourself in the mirror and say positive affirmations tell yourself that you are beautiful and you deserve so many amazing things because we our minds people don't understand but our our minds you know they control how we view things they control how we view ourselves and sometimes we can fall into a negative mindset which is why we have a negative outlook on the world we have a negative outlook on ourselves and that is very unhealthy so I would say positive affirmations, speaking to yourself kindly, speaking to yourself positively, that definitely works. For sure. I One thing that my therapist taught me is to speak to yourself how you would speak to your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like you would never tell your best friend, girl, you are so fat and ugly. Like, no, that you would never say that to your best friend. So you, why would you tell that to yourself? Because you should be your own best friend. Because at the end of the day we're all we have, you know? Honestly, if you don't love yourself, who else will? And no one else is guaranteed to be with you. Like we're, we're born alone and we, we die alone. I mean, we, we really have to rely on ourselves and we have to um, believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you, if you struggle with having negative mindset, definitely try practice talking to yourself how you would talk to someone that you care for deeply hype yourself up yeah don't put yourself down and that's definitely way easier said than done I I really struggled with that in the beginning because um, I do have like mental health conditions that make thinking positively more difficult Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to acknowledge if you're coming from a place where you have mental health struggles, then that should be, you know, the first thing that you address because once you address the underlying root issue, everything else that is a symptom will sort of fall into place. Yeah. And it's a long, it's a long process. But if you are someone who is like struggling with depression, anxiety, or, or whatever else, uh, work on that first. But in the meantime, definitely practice doing the positive affirmations like Destiny yeah. said, because those really work. <laughs> I think for definitely also making sure to realize and be accountable to yourself and realize when you need help and don't be afraid to reach out for that help because I trust you, trust me, you're really not a burden to anybody. Getting that help is the first step to living a better life. 100% like people in your life they don't know you need help necessarily unless you ask and there's no shame in asking for help because we all need help at some point mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, Destiny, for joining us today. I know that this episode didn't quite touch on everything that I had initially prepared you to talk about, but I really enjoyed the way the conversation went naturally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I especially appreciate you sharing about your experiences and your reality because I love hearing from different people, from different backgrounds, because I think when we take the time to listen to other people and hear their stories we can really broaden our perspectives yes I'm I'm actually grateful to you for you guys for you actually having me as a guest and for you guys listening to me I really enjoyed speaking on these topics and I enjoyed having this conversation with you it felt like I was speaking to a a friend you know and so I really enjoyed it and I was happy that you were open to listen to what I had to say and we shared each other's we listened to each other and we shared our different perspectives of course it honestly really did feel like talking to a friend I would definitely do this again with you (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much and if you want to plug your podcast one more time so people can go check it out that would be great well guys my podcast is destiny's connect it's on spotify it's on apple Podcasts. it's on google Podcasts. it's on all the podcast platforms that are quite popular and yeah so go listen to it you know I would really like to hear from you guys. And yeah. Yes, go listen to Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'll talk.